BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. KFI AM640. You're listening to the John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. We have a lot to cover. It's Jane Wells from CNBC filling in for John and Ken. I know you think like, oh God, I hate it when someone fills in. No, stop it. This is going to be a good show. We've got a lot. We're going to talk about storms. We're going to talk about news. If you care about the economy, the Dow just finished its worst week since June as this bank in Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley Bank, the bank for tech startups, has gone under and the worst bank failure since WAMU went under during the banking collapse. It's taking other regional banks down with it. Are we going to have another financial collapse? No, but it's not going to be good in the short term. And we are heading into a recession. So on that happy note, the first two segments of the show, we are going to talk about what's happening with the weather, which we actually have for once and have had all freaking year. We have the first of two atmospheric river storms moving through now. Uh, the president has approved an emergency declaration request from the governor. So uh, once again, the National Guard and FEMA can help out. And this storm could be really rough in the San Bernardino Mountains, which it's already been a tough time up there. And now you've got this warmer rain on snow, making the snow really heavy. Blake, Troll Blake Trolley is on the case today. Blake, thanks for joining us. What is, what's the situation up there today? Yeah, so rain began this morning, as you mentioned there, Jane, in the San Bernardino Mountains, where people have been digging out of the snow for a couple of weeks at this point. Many of the roads are still narrow. Snow drifts still exist in the area. And it's, again, the, the, the whole area is really still just covered with snow. So rain coming down into this mess could add some challenges to the area that's already been impacted. National Weather Service meteorologist James Brotherson says the brunt of the storm will occur tonight. Due to snow melt, the rain falling on the snowpack is going to create a lot of runoff in the San Bernardino Mountains, so we could see flooding of creeks and streams, low water crossings. Also, roads with a lot of snow drifts could see uh, pretty heavy water flow. Um, the other concern is structures could see additional damage due to the added weight of the 
uh, snowpack. What he's talking about there, Jane, is the snow coming down on the already snowed on rooftops, causing them to collapse. Yesterday, an official told me a lot of these roofs now now have snow on them. That's hard to remove because it's heated up, refroze, which, which has turned oh, to ice. Right. People are now having a hard time breaking that ice just to get it off of their roofs. And to add another fear related to that ice, there are fears that ice could get loosened from this rain and come down in sheets, which is really dangerous, of course, for people standing below. Uh, now, Road flooding in general is a concern, but also with those big snow drifts, uh, I'm being told that those could act like a channel and really add to some flooding problems, right? Because you've got these big drifts on either side of the road. Right, so it turns the road into a river. It turns the road into a river. Exactly. And where does that, where are those channels opening up? Well, they're opening up into people's driveways. Oh my gosh. Uh, Blake, we know that at least 13 people have died. Uh, the sheriff's department will dispute how much of that had to do with the storm. But it's believed that more people will be found dead in their homes as, as they reach them for whatever reason. Do you have any update on that? As of right now, the latest number we've been given is 13. Yesterday, the sheriff's department did release that report saying that only one of those was storm related. They pointed to a, a woman who died in a, a traffic fatality uh, that was related to the storm. Otherwise, if you actually read through those death reports, so four of them were hospice care or hospital. So that leaves you with another eight deaths that are currently under investigation. And at this time, it hasn't been ruled out that these were called, you know, that these were caused by the storm. Those are under investigation. Yeah, but I mean, you could have a heart attack in your house and die of it, but nobody could get to you because of the, the storm. So I don't know how you classify that. It's going to be interesting to see how people dispute, I think, the way that, you know, these deaths happen, because as you know, you're already seeing the pushback on some of those reports. Um, you know, the, the sheriff's department laid it out yesterday that a lot of people had medical conditions. And if you read those through those, uh, one of the key details that you'll see in each of those deaths is lack of food resources, something to that effect uh, did not contribute to this death. So I had asked, how is that determination made? Uh, because I think a lot of people that's going to be on a lot of people's minds, right? How do you determine? that lack of resources didn't contribute uh, to the death. And as it was described to me, deputies, when they go into these homes, take a look at, you know, medication levels, food levels, uh, things of that nature. But again, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what these coroner reports, uh, what they find. Do you, um, I was just going to ask, do you have any sense of how many people are still isolated and, and any efforts to get them food and water? Yeah, so the people that are still primarily isolated, or at least a, a, a large group of them, are people that are on non-county maintained roads. And I've been told there's a few reasons for that. One, of course, there's still working on the county maintained roads there's people that live in these really isolated little areas jane and i guess the, the county equipment's actually too big to even get on these roads right mm -hmm. these are really remote roads so their homes um still need to be reached uh I, i've been told that has created some anxiety for them um they have been assured that you know if they need to be rescued of course they have the snow cats they have the equipment to actually rescue them but as far as and, and again i was given this update yesterday but as far as yesterday people in those really really uh those really isolated little areas um you know we're still stuck and it was described to me it would take some time to still get to them um and be able to to service to their homes wow. so uh blake trolley thank you very much for updating us on the situation in the san bernardino mountains thank you all right thanks jane uh, yeah, I guess this is why you need to have canned goods and a manual can opener. I, uh, makes me think again, I just moved to Avila beach and we have nothing, but, um, we're 
not up in the snow right now. We're just in the middle of the rain. Jane Wells filling in for John and Ken. When we come back, Alex Stone is going to give us the big picture across the state of what's happening with this uh, most recent Pineapple Express. When we can expect it to move on through, how much rain, and um, uh, just how bad it's going to be. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. Good news. Jane Wells filling in for John and Ken. KFI AM 640. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. We will talk to in a few minutes to Alex Stone to get the latest on the big picture in the state of California with this storm system that's following through right now. Hearing Dr. Wendy after dark, I would love to know what she would have to say about a story we are going to cover later this hour. And Deborah Mark, there is this new... Well, who knows? This new, quote, viral trend of it's called trad wife, which stands for traditional wife. And it's women who it's like a throwback to Ozzy and Harriet, where you you dress up in a dress to do the housework and you. (laughs) Why? And you um, are subservient to oh, your husband. No. Because I know every every guy out there is like, well, what is this? Let me do it. Hashtag trad wife. Uh, so we will we will get into that later this hour. And I think we already know where you stand on this. Oh, yeah. 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 And young Dana Hernandez, still at the beginning of her life. Uh, we'll have to see what she, she may, a lot of Gen Zers, although Dana claims she's a millennial, I think she's Gen Z. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are embracing this. It's sort of like, how can you be the opposite of your mom? You know, and your mom worked and your mom had a career and you're going to be the opposite of that. And be subservient to your man? No, thank you. uh, We'll see how long that lasts. Um, uh, In any case, we're continuing to talk about the storm. And one other topic I will get into in the next hour is, especially if you're homeless today, I know for a fact a lot of people who are without home, can we call them homeless? I know John and Ken call them homeless, unhoused, whatever. People who are homeless listen to KFI because I have taken calls before when I filled in. They're in their vehicles. They have a car or an IV. An IV. Maybe they have an IV. Uh, they an might RV. have an IV. <laughs> a portable IV in their RV and they listen. And so next hour, I've always wondered, cause those things, those RVs are expensive. And at some point you were able to acquire one. And so not now, don't call now, but I have always been fascinated where in the journey from home to homeless, did you get the RV and how much did it cost and how were you able to afford it? But that is next hour. This hour, we are still talking about this um, storm system, uh, the snowpack, because it's all about the snowpack. According to the state, is the following. Different places. They call it the Northern Sierra, the Central Sierra, and the Southern Sierra. In the Northern Sierra, we are now at 157% above average. So more than double. So let me explain, people. 100% is double, right? So 200% is triple. I hate it when somebody says, oh, it's up 200%. Oh, it's doubled. No, that's 100% is double. So in Northern Sierra, we had 150% of average snowpack at this time. Central Sierra is 195%, so almost triple. And the Southern Sierra is 229% of average. But we are still in a drought. We are still in a drought. 
because apparently we couldn't capture the water or it went into the ocean or we got to save the salmon or because there's an entire drought bureaucracy that is now built up around the fact that we need to maintain drought, the drought situation so that we can continue to have control over your lives. Uh, four to nine inches are expected to fall in certain areas today. Is Alex with us yet? We got Alex yet? Okay. And so it's heaviest in Central California right now. The president has uh, okayed an emergency uh, emergency assistance request from the governor, Governor Newsom, so that um, Homeland Security and FEMA and the National Guard and all that can jump in and help respond to the storm. We have Alex now. Alex, hi, thanks for joining us. What is, what's happening with the storm right Hello, now? Hello, Jane. Yeah, so Southern California, we're seeing the, the rain right now, but this is not where the brunt of it is. You are talking about your uh, your home out by the coast. The The coast is getting it. Northern California is getting it. Tahoe getting slammed today and really started uh, last night in the, the Bay Area. They're seeing a lot of flooding today. Um, Tahoe and Mammoth, they're uh, they're getting a new round of, of heavy snow. Now the concern is, and we're seeing roof collapses in some of the mountain communities. There was one in Crestline last week at the grocery store. Um, but today, not even in mountain communities. In Oakland, they had one at a, a coffee warehouse that, that killed a worker. The weight oh, wow. of all of this rain and the snow in some areas, that's really what they're they're worried about. And uh, we talked today to the uh, battalion chief with South Lake Tahoe Fire, Kim George, and uh, she's saying... This is historic. This is remarkable. There's some areas that are have massive mounds of snow. And she says that is the concern with the, the roof uh, weight of the incredible amount of, of water. And then you add rain on top of the snow in some areas. And you take the snow that's heavy but relatively light compared to, to pure water, then put water on top of that, and it, it melts all that snow up there. And they're really worried about more roofs uh, going in. And, and she's saying... Some of these shaded neighborhoods have probably 8, 10 feet in the city, and the county areas even more so. With all of the snow load and the amount of weight that's sitting on roofs, we have some pretty significant concerns coming up with uh, roof snow load with all the rain. So today in uh, Tahoe and elsewhere, they're uh, even in the blizzard-type conditions that they're getting. Wow. Um, they're, they're clearing the roofs. They're, they're worried about uh, what that weight's going to do. The Oakland one, clearly not snow, but um, the, the weight of, of water and, and wind coming in there. But, and someone you know, died? One after another. Someone died in Oakland in the in this coffee shop. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. The the uh, it was a warehouse for I believe Pete's Coffee. Oh. That uh, the the roof came down and a worker in there was killed. How you know? She said this is historic, but this that's just because it's storm upon storm upon storm. The particular how does this actual storm compare to what we've already seen over the last couple of months? Well, I mean, you know, this is another one on top of all the others. That this is not the what we saw two weeks ago where San Bernardino, Crestline, what what they were dealing with, this is not to that magnitude. Some areas of the Bay Area, maybe. But there was some debate over, compared to recent years, how bad is this? You know, when you live through it, everybody wants to say, this is the worst we've ever seen, this is historic. And at first, the, the National Weather Service was saying, well, the, these are snow records and rain records we've never seen before. Then they said, well, wait a second. You actually have to look at the water content in all the snow. That We are seeing a lot of snow. I mean, the, the right. amount in Mammoth and the, the some of the ski resorts, Heavenly is shut down today in the, the Tahoe area because of so much snow. But it has been lighter snow. 
So the actual water content is not as great. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, some of the, you know, you think snow is snow, and they're going, no, this kind of goes back to 2016, 2017 in actual water content. The, yeah, you go by feet, and it's pretty incredible. You go by water content and go, eh, you know. It's been seven or eight years. I know I've talked to the climatologists up there at the snowpack, and they don't want the snow to melt quickly. They say the snow is kind of like a nice reservoir, and so you want it to slow uh, to melt slowly over the next several months so that you have this sort of constant water source, that if you have this warm rain on top of it and it, and it melts too quickly, you're going to lose a lot of that in runoff. And, and they are expecting 10 rivers to overflow, and I guess they're trying to um, release some, open some dams and release some water so that some of that overflow can be taken in. What can you tell me about that? Yeah, the Oroville Dam, uh, Folsom Dam, they've been doing that. And you're right on, on all of that. The, the concern being that this warm rain, that what we were getting before was coming out of Alaska and the polar regions, that was cold, it was dumping very low snow. This one is the the Pineapple Express. This is coming from Hawaii. This is and the next one next week. Same thing. This is relatively warm rain. the The snow level is very high in uh, some areas. So lower areas that have snow, this comes in and obliterates that. And Yosemite being one of those areas, concerns about flooding in Yosemite. Uh, Yosemite's been shut down because of so much snow. After today, it mm-hmm. may be so much water coming in and, and melting what they've got and. Then it just runs away. You know, what do we do with it? We don't have the reservoir capacity, capability to to store that. Uh, Eventually goes out to the ocean, and and we say bye-bye to it. If it stays as snow, then it's up there. It comes trickling down over April, May, into June, and we've got this constant supply going into the reservoirs. So if this really does melt all the snow that it's believed it's going to, one, we're going to have a flooding situation in many areas. Um, already rivers, the, the Kings River, the Merced River, uh, they're flooding today. There are a lot of evacuations being called for. But there are going to be other areas where we say, whoa, where did all this water come from? It was all that snow up there, and it's melting. Yeah, yeah, people were screwed. That's just, you know, this is what we're here to tell Basically, you. Basically, there you go. <laughs> when does it end? <laughs> when does this move out? Uh, this one, uh, later tonight and tomorrow, we get a little bit of a break. There is another, and I mean, atmospheric river almost sounds cliche now, but I'm yeah, so yeah. tired of it. Atmospheric I know. river. You know, they're talking about kind of like a hurricane scale. There will be an AR, an atmospheric river scale that they're going to. Are, gonna are use. they really? Yeah. So is this going to be like a category four AR? Exactly. So some of the the TV stations up in the Bay Area, they already do it. They say this is a category three storm coming in. They're going to do the same thing, an AR scale to say. This is an AR-4. This is an AR-3. Yeah. Um, but the next one comes in Tuesday, Wednesday. Again, mainly Northern California, but it will be more. Wow. Wow. All right. All right, folks. Batting the hatches. It's coming. Remember when we wanted rain? Now we want it to go I know. away. We are the biggest whiners in America. Thank you, Alex Stone. I appreciate it. <laughs> you got it. Thanks, Jane. All right. Uh, wow. Wow. I remember when we spent all this money on bonds. Didn't we all approve like billions of dollars of bonds for water capture uh, and all that? Anybody know? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? What happened with any of that money so that we could at least capture some of this rain? There was a big thing for a while where people were putting um, garbage, open garbage cans in their yards to capture the rain. And then they could use it to water their lawn. But, of course, the lawns are all dead and they had to... 
anybody who still had a lawn and didn't pull it out is genius. Tim Conway, I did this story last fall on people started painting their lawns green again. I have to talk to him. We had to, we had to call him. We'll do this in the Crocs talk. He was painting his lawn green because he had stopped watering it because of all the uh, rules and regulations, but he wasn't killing it. So I bet that lawn is amazing right now. When we come back, is your boss trying to quietly fire you and how Gen Z workers are attempting to make it clear that they want work-life balance, but they don't want to sound lazy when they do it. Jane Wells filling in for John and Ken, KFI AM 640. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. It's Jane Wells filling in for John and Ken. We're continuing to follow this storm and the havoc it's creating, and we'll continue to create throughout the weekend. And then there's another one next week. I like to follow the markets because I work for CNBC. The markets ended their worst week, the Dow did, since June even though we had a great jobs report, it has to do with the the collapse of this bank in Silicon Valley, um, which was a hot bank for startups. Tech has been having a very tough time. Layoffs are amazing in the tech world right now. Not We haven't seen this since 2001 in the pot. And that brought down the stairs of other regional banks as well. Uh, but the banks are much better capitalized than they used to be. Your money is safe. It's the FDIC uh, uh, insurance has gone way up. Don't worry. Don't. You don't need to worry about your bank, okay? If you were in Silicon Valley Bank, yeah. But other banks, no, she says, um, whistling Dixie. Okay, we had a very strong employee, a jobs report that came out today, um, much more than the uh, experts predicted. The U.S. gained a solid 311,000 jobs in February. Now, this is not as much as they would gain in January. So maybe um, the economy may be slowing down just a little bit, which is what the Fed wants to do. That's why it keeps raising interest rates. The Fed raises interest. You're like, what does that have to do with inflation? When the Fed raises interest rates, it makes it more expensive to borrow money whether it's a mortgage or whether you're a company that wants to expand. And so you stop spending money because you're borrowing it and it costs too much. And this slows the economy down. And suddenly things that cost so much start to cost less because people are buying less of them. And so then inflation starts to come back down to the 2% target that the Fed wants. It's now over 6%, but it's starting to come down. And part of the thing that keeps the economy so hot is when companies continue to hire and they are hiring still more than they're firing. But also in today's report, it said that more Americans are coming back into the job market. So there have been all these people who like got their, you know, government money during COVID and moved back home with mom and dad and have been doing gig work and, you know, whatever, eating top ramen. They've decided to come back into the market. So that will mean there are more people for employers to choose from. They don't have to pay you so much. And again, it will cool the economy down so inflation will come down without getting unemployment completely out of whack. If I'm making any sense, the Fed has two jobs Keep inflation to around 2% and keep employment as low as it can. And so employment is still low. It's still working on inflation. That said, it was a really strong jobs report, but things are starting to cool. And in tech, we've seen these huge layoffs. So here are a couple of stories related to that. First, 
This was in the Wall Street Journal. Six ways companies are quiet firing white collar workers. There was quiet quitting. No. Now there's quiet firing, especially in tech and maybe in your job. Here are six ways to know that uh, maybe the boss is trying to ask you to leave. One, you're being required to come back and work in the office. Now, some companies are doing this because the boss thinks it's important for corporate culture. Bob Iger wants everybody back in the office at Disney. Other companies are doing it. Uh, Elon Musk wants you there. I don't know. Was it four days a week? And this is a way of saying, uh, gee, we could probably cut our staff by 10% because we hired 10% of them remotely anyhow. I was talking to the president of a studio yesterday that I will not name. They are now back in the office full time and they have lost quite a few people because of it. So if the boss wants you to come back and work in person and knows you don't want to, maybe the boss is trying to tell you something. Also, limiting benefits, compensation or perks. Uh, you only get three personal days this year, not, you know, 500. I want you to go. Another, an increased emphasis on performance. This cracks me up. According to the journal, um, performance reviews are plans that could intimidate workers or persuade those judged as low performing to quit. Well, yeah, this, by the way, none of this is new. Back in the 80s, when Jack Welch was running GE, if you were at the 10% of the bottom performers of your company, you were, you were out at the end of the year. That was just the way it was. Uh, Meta is starting to do this, the company that owns Facebook and Instagram. No salary, no raises or career advancement. Well, that what's new with that? Oh, I didn't get a raise or a career advancement. Well, yeah, promotion this year. Maybe it's time for you to go. And the last one, you're neglected. Uh, your boss isn't checking in on you to see how you're doing. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's the fifth one. The last one, this is my favorite, being asked to write down what you do. Elon Musk has done this at Twitter. He wanted everybody, the engineers and everybody. What do you do? Tell me three sentences what you do. If you're being asked to write down what you do, that is a message saying that the boss doesn't know what you do. <laughs> that may be a reason that they want you to quit or you will quit. Now, at the opposite end of the spectrum is a story from Business Insider. Gen Z which has never known what a recession is like, doesn't know what it is like to be fired, doesn't know what it only knows that they're throwing all kinds of benefits at, at you over the last few years because they're so desperate to keep you because they need workers. Gen Z still thinks that they need to have work-life balance, which great, if you can get it, great. I'm old, I'm not used to that, but and I do think there is something to be said for it. But Gen Z is now trying to figure out when and how to ask about work-life balance because they don't want to sound like they're lazy. Okay, so here are the subtle ways these 20-something-year-olds, we got two of them in the booth here. So listen hey, to Hey, I'm a millennial. Oh, I. How many Gen Zs are trying to jump in with the millennials now? Hey, Boomer. You guys are fleeing that demographic. I was born in 1994. Okay. That's, that's okay. by definition a millennial. Yeah, Dana's trying to tell me she's a millennial too. I am. <laughs> you guys are younger than my kids. You are you are Gen Z. Okay, but here, so what what do you got? What do you two think of this? If you were interviewing someone and they they are subtly asking you questions like, "What does my day to day like uh, work day look like? How often would I have to work more than forty hours a week?" or asking about the work structure, does it support my ability to decompress or <laughs> What systems are in place within the organization to encourage work-life balance? Or how does your company ensure that staff 
is prioritizing our wellness. What does the work environment look like in and outside of the office? <laughs> is it me? I have, I'm laughing. So. I had, I did want to know how much vacation I'd get. I had two requests. How much are you going to pay me? And how much vacation do I get? That's fine. I, I, but those questions were, I mean. Snowflake. Yes. Deborah Mark, have you ever asked, you know, how much are you prioritizing my wellness? I have not. But as you said, we're old and we have, <laughs> I think we have a different, uh, we have different thoughts uh, on on that. I mean, we have worked crazy hours and done a lot of, yeah. I think work-life balance is important. It is, 100%. And I do admire the sense of you uh, work to live, you don't live to work, and that these 20-somethings, you know, going on these big trips now instead of when they're in their walkers. I feel that the young people... (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. No, I agree with... I mean, look, right now, I I think a work-life balance is important for somebody like me. I have worked I've been working since I was 12 years old and I have done all kinds of things I've never been afraid of work I've always been a hard worker I think you get to the point where in your life where it's okay to kind of go you know right now I want to travel that's really important to me it's not all about the job I take my job very seriously and I love it but when you're younger I think you got to pay your dues I think that's what I'm I trying think to that's say that's our attitude and yet I I mean if you can get away with it look I'll tell you very quickly the perfect example of this is in the medical industry it is so difficult to be a doctor now and have your own private practice that you're not getting paid as much by Medicare or the insurance companies you've got all this overhead you've got and so many doctors coming out of medical school now want to go with the Kaiser model where they work nine to five and they have a schedule and they can have a life. Yeah, you, Kaiser or whatever the hospital group is, you handle the paperwork, you handle the billing, you handle the overhead. I'm just going to show up from nine to five. Maybe I'll establish a couple patient relationships. doesn't really matter. I can go surfing, you know, at 530. And I think there's something to be said for that, but a lot will be lost because of it. All right. Speaking of a time even older than I am, and much, much older than Deborah Mark, who was a young lady, traditional, the trad wife trend when we come back, going back to being um, Harriet Nelson serving Ozzy in an apron and pearls every day. Jane Wells filling in with John and Ken, KFI AM 640. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. It's Jane Wells filling in for John and Ken. Uh, They'll be back Monday, don't worry, after they survive the rainstorm. In the next hour, I'm going to take calls, I hope, because I know there is a large audience out there living out of their cars and RVs who listen to KFI, because I've talked to you before about how you got to where you are. And I want to know, RVs are expensive, even used ones. Uh, How you came to acquire that? Where in the journey from home to homelessness you got the RV? Because I'm just fascinated. Those things are really expensive, even though they may not be in the greatest shape right now. Right now, though, we are talking about a hot new viral trend. I don't know how you qualify for viral. Maybe more than three people click like. It's called trad wife, which means traditional wife. This is from the Today Show um, that it's it's this idea of going back to a simpler time 
when a woman, you know, stayed at home and the man went out and worked and he had all the power and she had none. This was not a simpler time if you were a woman, but some women, perhaps in a backlash to liberal America, are now embracing it, younger women in particular. Traditional wives, according to this one woman who's on TikTok, Estee Williams, she's at S-E-S-T-E-E-C Williams, Estee C. Williams. She likes to put on a vintage dress every morning, style her platinum blonde hair, and then cooks and cleans. She's 25 years old. She says that she believes submitting to and serving her husband as a traditional homemaker is her choice, which it absolutely is. She cooks and cleans her Virginia home, according to today. She doesn't go outside without calling her husband, Connor, to ask for permission, nor does she leave the house alone after dark. Uh, now, he's an electrician, and he usually says yes. Oh, how nice of him. So here is some of her trying to explain, because she's gotten some pushback, but it's a thing, trad wife, T-R-A-D wife, trad wife on TikTok. Here's some of what she says. If you are not familiar with the term trad wife, it is a woman who chooses to live a more traditional life with ultra traditional gender roles. So the man goes outside the house, works, provides for the family. The woman stays home and she's the homemaker. She takes care of the home and the children if there are any. The misconception about the trad wife movement, um, it's not really a movement, nobody's pushing it. People are typically just living it and maybe showcasing their lifestyle like me. And we believe our place, specifically us as individuals, believe our purpose is to be homemakers. It doesn't mean that we are trying to take away what women fought for. There are a lot of people trying to make this a sinister thing or put some other darker meaning behind the term trad wife. Nobody is doing that. No trad wife TikTokers are saying every woman's place is in their home. We as individuals are just choosing to be homemakers. That's all. I don't know. Seems trad more than that. also believe that they should submit to their husbands and serve their husbands and family. And that triggers people because the word submit and serve, it makes women think that we're saying that we're less than a man. That's not what we're saying. Trad wives just believe that they are here as women for a different role, equally as important though. I can make another video on that another time. Okay, okay, honest. just stop for a second. I Look, it's her life, her choice, anything people agree to do, consensual adults behind closed doors it is that doesn't break any laws or cause serious injury, I am fine with, but it creeps me out. It creeps me out. I agree 100%. If you want to be subservient to your husband, go for it. That Whatever you want to do, but... It, it, you know what it is? This is this is the way I look at this. It almost seems like some people want to kind of have an excuse not to have to work and just have a simple life, stay home and and not have to to worry about anything. And if if that's what you want to do, that that's OK. I mean, I was fortunate enough to be home with my kids and work part time. I was able to have both. So I I, I'm, I know that I'm I'm fortunate. But to to be to ask your husband if you can go well, outside, yeah, I mean and, that is creepy. And she has to consult him for purchases, or she doesn't have. She has chosen to consult him for purchases over a hundred dollars. You know what? It's almost like cosplay. This is role playing to me. This seems like it's a let's have this, um, you know, uh, big it's love a fantasy. Yeah, 
that's exactly what it is. This is some kind of, you know, dressing up as the French maid, um, which, again, her choice, it's fine. I just, I just don't, it's almost like Sharia law if you're not going to go outside, although you're choosing Sharia law. So, it's right, nobody's forcing yeah, you. Yeah, nobody's to do it. forcing you. I just find it very strange. And I think part of it is what could be the one thing to really tick off my mom, who was a career mother, and uh, or or my single mom who worked three jobs. I am never gonna do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a man take care of me and I will do whatever he says. Well, but see, you know what? I can understand if that's if that's the roles that you guys choose. The husband works and he makes the money and you're the homemaker and right. you take care of the that kids and you do the, the time. Right, exactly. But what I don't understand is to go so far as to ask your husband if you can go outside, if you can buy something more than $100. <laughs> I, I mean, that's it. what I don't understand. I don't get it. And how long do you keep that? How long do you play that game, that fantasy, as Eric said? And what is that, a turn-on for somebody? Well, I'm I mean, sure I just, it is. I'm sure it's totally. God. It totally is. But that's what it is. It seems like role-playing. Dana, what say you? You're a young woman. This is, this is your, these are your people. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not my people. But I think the, the part where I don't agree with is definitely asking for permission. But I understand wanting a traditional type of household, um, especially women that I feel like are realizing, hey, it's, this feminism movement, you know, now it's so weird because it's being used against us. Like, okay, if you want to be a feminist, then you are supposed to pay for the date or, you know, so it's really weird. You're right. You're so, right. No, you're absolutely right. It's like, um, you know, why are you letting him almost like I, I have no problem, but yeah. Why, why are you not, you mean you don't want a career? What's wrong with you? Yeah. I think you're right to some extent, but this whole, uh, uh, honey, you know, opening the door, you know, wrapped in saran wrap kind of a fantasy thing, wearing your Marilyn Monroe bob. And she does have that kind of look about her. Um, I don't know if it's real or how much of it is just shtick on TikTok and it's working for her. Now, others, not everybody is that extreme. And of course, they're saying the trad wife movement is composed largely of conservatives and Gen Z women and Christians. Of course, they got to throw, you know, look, I'm a Christian. Please no, they, they they use that word like a pejorative. There are Christians mean many, many, many things, and I'm I'm going to be judgy here, which I'm not supposed to be as a Christian. That some people who say they are Christians, like I'm doing right now, judge other Christians and judge the whole world. And if you're not one of us, you're outside of us, and that's not what Jesus would do. But they're once again they're throwing Christian into this conversation, and I'm sure some of them um, are. In any case. I'm not wrapping this up very well because I'm so conflicted about the whole thing and it creeps me out so much. Do we have like 10 more seconds to play of it? To be a homemaker and to have traditional values does not make us bad people. Right. It's 2022. Women should have the choice to be homemakers or not without being judged. Duh. And women should also be able to use the term trad wife, which means traditional wife, and not be shunned for wanting to be more traditional. Okay. All right. Um, I just shunned you. I'm sorry because you're asking permission from your husband. But again, it's your right. If that's what you want to do, I just don't know what kind of where that's going to end up someday. But I wish you all the best. When we come back, 
When you drive by and you see those RVs on the side of the road on PCH or wherever, and you wonder, like, who are those? How did, you know, well, there's these homeless RVs everywhere. Those RVs cost a lot of money at some point. How, if you own one of those RVs, if you're living in one of those RVs, I want you to call me at 1-800-520-1KFI, 1-800-520-1534. And I want you to tell me where in your journey to homelessness, because I know homeless people will listen to KFI, you were able to acquire a motorhome or an RV, how much it costs then, and, uh, you know, how much it's costing you to maintain it. Jane Wells filling in for John and Ken, KFI AM 640. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hi, I'm Gabby Reese. Join me and my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, on our journey with Laird Superfood. From our kitchen to yours, we've crafted delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and so much more using high-quality functional ingredients. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 for 20% off your first order.